Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello, everybody. Just gone four. And uh, Max in for Paul today. Andy Jacobs alongside me. And I thought, Andy, you were just sensational today. Yeah, it's not bad. But I thought you were good. Ah. I thought you were better. Do you think than so? Me. Yes. I oh, thought really? You were Why is that? I just thought you were on the ball. Mm-hmm. You were witty. Yeah. <laughs> but it was fun. It'd be really I good if you it. took over the radio station. <laughs> I, I enjoy the fact that when you come in and do the show with with me, uh, the Paul's, Paul's role, you bring in your own vignettes. Mm, does Paul not do that? Oh, well, Paul has his own vignettes. Oh, yeah, okay, oh, yeah. yeah of course. Yeah, yeah. He's, know, he's not vignette-free. No, no. <laughs> he's not. He's quite a talent, Hawksby, isn't he? <laughs> oh, yeah, Keeps yeah. the whole thing together. Very much so, he? yes. Very it's much really so. his show. I'd say so, yes. Yeah. You know, but I... I chip in. Yeah, do chip in. Um, time to time. So what are we putting in this podcast? Well, we're putting in our bits of chat, mm-hmm. vignette, our vignette. Um, Alex Edelman came in. Very amusing. Knows his sport, American sport. Good fun. He's here on tour. He's going to tell us all, tell you all about it. Mm. He told us all about it earlier. Uh, the hurricane that is Mike Parry. He did. He paid by the word, isn't he? So he got uh, Tremendous. He seven and a half Everton. million words in four but minutes. He's sensational. You, you think he's either going to swear... Or he's not going to come up with the right word, but somehow he does. Yeah, marvelous, marvelous. Uh, here it. it is. Enjoy, enjoy. It. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. And I'm sure, Andy, you'd be the first one to uh, send commiserations to David Martin because he was so generous <laughs> yes, to David so on Sunday and on Monday afternoon <laughs> uh, when he single-handedly stopped that Chelsea victory with a stunning series of saves. <laughs> and it was a great moment for him. Adrian even welled up, didn't he, at, at the bridge? Yes, and and you he's were, a hard man. He's a tough guy. But but you were really, you know, it was just wonderful to hear you be so humble know, about so it. So generous, was So I? you must have been disappointed to see him concede a couple of goals. Well, I was night. disappointed to see West Ham lose, obviously, after Saturday. But it is what I said to you on Sunday. It does drive you a bit mad that they turn up and play like that at the bridge, but don't then go and play like that in the next game. And they played like that in the previous seven games. It's a bit frustrating. I gather, actually, reading the reports, I didn't see the game, but uh, David had a good game. So He did. He made a yeah. few decent yeah. saves. And West Ham at 1-0 down. Robert Snodgrass just had a little sit-down instead of carrying on when he was clean through, uh, which was a, an interesting choice. Yes, I did I did get back in time for match today because it was very late. And uh, I expected it to buffer, actually. I was quite surprised <laughs> it went through quite smoothly. Did, it, did, you, not, <laughs> did you not stream us as you were at the game? Did you not take <laughs> enough tablets and laptops to Stamford Bridge so you could watch every game at the time. What's interesting about the whole streaming thing is, obviously, if you are in America, you can watch any game at any time. If you're in Australia, you can watch any Premier League game at any time. You're the same. And we can't. But I actually find... I find 
there's too much choice. I find it overwhelming. I like the idea that we're all in it together to watch one game and we can all complain, you know, why have Sky put Bournemouth... Um, Everton on when they could have put Liverpool, mm. Arsenal on. Why have they? I like being in. I like the collective well, nature a, of the big match. No, you're, well, you're right because it's exactly like TV's gone, where people used to gather around the water mm. cooler and talk about the Sopranos or something. And now, if people do watch the Sopranos, they watch it on different times and different platforms, and, and then people don't talk about it. That's so, the same. Exactly. It is the same deal. And also, this thing that you know, you can't. It's a good one. Good thing about streaming is you can't tweet and watch the match at the same time. I know you've written a piece in the Guardian about this, and mm. I think you've come to the revelation that it's not a bad idea to stick your phone in the drawer when watching a game of football well, and actually concentrate on the game. Yeah, I mean, I, like it got to such a ridiculous level with the Palace Bournemouth match, which argue, admittedly was terrible. So, oh, I, yeah. you know, having my mm. mind sidetracked was quite good. Yeah. But I was obviously on Twitter, so I was on Twitter having a polite conversation about anti-Semitism in politics, while at the same time <laughs> someone had texted me to say that Ellis James was narrating a documentary about farmyards on BBC Four, so I was watching him talk about roosters and the Aberystwyth uh, <laughs> colliery choir, uh, choir singing to a herd of cattle, so I wasn't really focused on the game. So last night I did. I put my phone away and I turned the telly off and I just had my laptop, so I haven't worked out how to get Amazon onto my telly yet, and I watched the Manchester United yeah. Spurs game and I watched Jose play dirty long ball big boot and I'm now <laughs> accepting that you know he was uh, Tottenham totally he totally changed for three matches and now uh, it's uh, it's all gone it's all gone wrong and I'm happy with my lot 63,000 tweets you've done you told me it's, yeah. that's an incredible waste of time it's a and also my hit rate as most people will know is Staggeringly low, and but still higher than Gary Lineker. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Lineker and I ag agree on a, a great deal that he tweets about. He loves tweeting in the game. It's mm. funny as he loves trying to but, know, but, but, joking. But, but that is the thing. I think a lot of us now sort of see it as a, a way of oh, I must make a comment about everything. You know, to the point where when Una Emery got sacked on Friday, mm. I took all my condiments out of the. You know, out the cupboard or the fridge, depending on which condiment it is, and I arranged them on my kitchen table, and then I cut out a speech bubble and stuck it to the salad cream to say that we're talking to Max Allegri, so I can send the tweet. <laughs> my sources are telling me, and I was quite, and I was quite proud That's of it. So <laughs> it's a tragedy, isn't it? Well, it's not a tragedy because it's funny. But if if you were doing it and it, and you were being paid for it, I'd say, well, that's good. You know, that's a good mm. joke. But to go to all that effort, just to, you know, it's very kind of you, really. It's very, you, it's almost a service, isn't it? Well, I mean, providing laughs. Listen, some people. of my followers would disagree <laughs> as to whether it is filling up their timeline with nonsense. But now, good win for you, boys. Now, I know we live in more sensitive times, mm. and a lot of people think that's a good thing, and maybe it is. It is a good but, thing. Yeah. Um, be be compassionate, be nice to each yes. other. Uh, Matt Baker, though, he wept when he announced he was leaving the one show last night uh, were they tears of happiness <laughs> sorry the thing is i don't want to be too critical of the one show because i'm looking for tv work and that's I true I could, it could be you i could slot in quite well oh, to i that. could see you with alex jones but there's something about you know there's something about the one show and I, 
it's, mm. a, it's a, the gear changes the ones who are such incredible things mm. and, and you know i know mel brooks when he was on it was have you seen that clip yeah, which yeah, is just yeah. tremendous yeah, it's when very they, funny. they turn off mel and they, they go yeah. now you remember laura who disappeared three weeks ago and he's off camera going this show is nuts <laughs> but, but there's it's always true. you know bill oddy is always on the end holding a buzzard unreferenced <laughs> and there's just it, there's a curiousness to it but when you've done something for that long will you shed a tear when it's your last show you know on friday your last ever walk to be <laughs> like tomorrow when they finally <laughs> yeah, finally. They finally wheel you out of the building <laughs> will you shed a tear no. No, you don't think so? No, I don't think so. Do you think Adrian... Well, I mean, I'm not asking... You know, I'm not, Adrian, I'm, I'm not calling floods. Well, after Adrian's welled up with David <laughs> Martin, you know, tough guy on the outside. <laughs> but there's a soft, vulnerable side to Adrian. Yes, we didn't well, know. That's, that's very nice. I probably would, actually. Yeah, I of probably course would be emotional. I'm only joking. Yeah. But the thing... Uh, one show, uh, uh, story the one show might have done was this one. Mm-hmm. A pig meant to scoff acorns in the new forest. Yeah. They can poison cattle was chased from a grocer's in Brockenhurst in hands. You think was he after something to accompany the acorns? <laughs> a nice sauce on the side. Oh, are we doing vignettes already? How much no, no, space no. is there in the show? Because I've got quite a few but well, I don't want to can. I, I mean I'm I'm doing I'm doing ruin. a mixture of uh, Topical football chat and vignettes. Oh, lovers of designer clothes can now buy them in digital form. Mm. Have you seen this? The client chooses a garment online, which is then digitally edited onto their own image, so they can post photos of themselves on social media in clothes they can't afford in real life. Dutch digital fashion house Fabricant <laughs> is amongst the pioneers of digital it? fashion. So it's, it's very sad that though, isn't it? It's really a sad thing to do. Total. It? It's completely tragic. But we could get you in a. We could get you in some, what are they called? Le boutons? No, no, are they shoes or bags? I shoes. <laughs> get you in some of them? Oh, I could wear some of the stuff worn by GQ's man of the year, Timothy oh. Chalamet. Timothy Chalamet, well done, Timothy. Honestly, if I saw him in the street, I'd give him money. I would, honestly. I, you think he was selling the big issue. Okay. I've never seen a bloke dressed no, like no, this. No, there's something called hobo chic these days. <laughs> oh, and that is the thing. What's, he, what's his lot? I mean, he is obviously man of the year, but why? Who is he? Well, I don't know. He's a 23-year-old Oscar-winning Call Me By Your Name. Right. And, uh, Oscar at 23. Don't you hate the young... <laughs> you hate young people. No, I don't. <laughs> well, I Fun. do, and I'm half your age. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. Good afternoon, you're listening to Hawksby and Jacobs on TalkSport. Uh, Max in for Paul today. Uh, joined in the studio by uh, Everton correspondent, uh, Mike Porky Parry. Mike, how you doing? I'm doing very well, guys, and thank you very much for inviting me in. It's always a pleasure to be in this studio with men of such verbose talent. <laughs> <laughs> so, Mike, what do you think has gone wrong there? Because hopes were so high at the start I of mean, the season. I mean, where would you like to start, to be honest? Mm. My, my view is, Mr Mashiri, right, came in as the saviour. He's a billionaire businessman, a very successful man. How many times have we seen successful businessmen go into clubs and actually their business brains, which have made them very wealthy, turn to mints and they don't seem to be able to run a football club like they run the rest of their oh. businesses? Who was the chap years ago at Crystal Palace who lost his total fortune? A whole £40 million fortune, which was a lot of money in those days, I don't right? I we'll mention but... he's of this parish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, mentions, no, 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 no. He no, mentions no. it occasionally. No, yeah, yeah. Oh, you're not, 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 maybe lots of people at Palace have. You think of Ron Nodes then? Well, well who, I'm, th- I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of Ron Nodes and going back. I'm certainly not going about Simon Jordan. Okay. Simon <laughs> Jordan was a man who had enough wealth to put it into Crystal Palace, <laughs> have a go at it, and then come out and still uh, survive. Uh, 
Alan Sugar, Lord Sugar, went into Spurs, came out and survived. You know, brilliant mm. businessman. But there have been others all over the place who haven't done it. Now, what I, ju- what I just don't get is... In my mind, Mr. Mashiri, when you look, you know, we get a team sheet when you sit. And, do you ever sit in directors' boxes, boys? Oh, all the time. Right, thank you very I, much I indeed. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and of course, you know, and then and then a nice lady brings you around a team sheet. Look at the team sheet; it's been mm. laid out. In my view, Mr. Mashiri's favourite statistic, in fact, on that team sheet, is the name of the head coach of Everton at the bottom. And he looks at it and glows with pride because the head coach has got a Portuguese name because he's Portuguese and he's a young fella and he looks a bit like Jose Mourinho. And this means Everton have suddenly become a grown-up club because we've got this great continental manager. What I don't understand is where were the qualifications that Marco Silva had chalked up Mm. before he got to Everton? We're not a great big club anymore like we used to be, but we have aspirations to be that great big club again. We have the money now to do it, so we should start employing people who are able to do the job, not some fantasy about some great continental coach who'll turn it round, because he just, hasn't. But tell us how you really feel about it. <laughs> well, you know... Uh, they've got a good squad, Everton, and they've got some good players. I mean, you know, and it, you can't really say the players... I mean, on I watched them on Sunday at yeah. Leicester. They, they, they put it in for him. Yeah, yeah but you only know. with the greatest respect, if the players can't play together, what's, what's the good? Ever since mm. we started to open the floodgates of spending, we were better off when we had less money than we've got now. Because in those days... The chairman, Mr Kenroy, and our manager of 11 years, Davey Moyes, ran such a type ship between them mm-hmm. on how they spent that money, and we remained stable throughout those yeah, years. It was okay? a different time, we, Mike. I, I know the different like, times. So you're competing on Hang totally on, hang on, hang on. For years, for years, Everton fans have been saying, bring in a new investor, bring us the money. So the new investors come in, we brought you the money, and now what happens? When you bring in a new investor who's as powerful in business as Mr Mashiri, about half a dozen advisors arrive. Mm-hmm. And when half a dozen advisors arrive, you've got half a dozen different points of view on how to spend that money, mm-hmm. who you should be bringing to the club. I mean, Marcel Brands makes me chuckle. He's a director of football, <laughs> OK? And yet he's sitting there stroking his chin thinking, now I wonder what I should do with Marco. I would wonder what you should do with yourself, Mr Brands, yes, to be honest, because I don't think you've been any more successful than Marco Silva. In many ways, Marco Silva has been the victim of having to uh, deal with players that have been bought from six different directions. Managers who've been there, and we've had four now in the last uh, four years, will tell you afterwards it was such a confusing transfer policy they had to try and make do. You remember when we bought... Three number tens in the same um, transfer season, and and, and, uh, and including Wayne Rooney and and all that, and and so I have some sympathy for Mr. Silver, but he's a very lucky boy to have got the job at Everton on such limited qualifications. Mm. He'll take a whole load of dosh away with him. He can go away, dust himself down get a bit older and maybe come back again. But Everton have been decimated by his appointment. So, what do you want to happen now? David Moyes is trending. It's it not seems, entirely... It? Mm, it's not I think entirely it's inevitable, really. Well, OK. Um, now, this is another thing, right? I'm suddenly being told by people, oh, don't worry, Mr Mashiri's got his eye on Leonardo Jardin. Mm. He's got his eye on Eric Ten Hag. Yeah. That's because, again, when he gets the team mm. sheet, when he's sitting in the director's box, he would like to see the name Leonardo Jardin or Eric Ten Hag, rather than David Moyes, or the man who I think they should have originally brought to Everton, which is Sean Dyche. Well, hang on a second. But Sean Eric, Dyche Eric, is... Um, Eric Ten Hag, right? Say again. Ten Hag is not a bad manager. He made Ajax look I, quite I know, unbelievable. I know he's, <coughs> not, he's a good he, manager. I, I agree, but he's not for Everton. Okay. Mm. Not for Everton in our current position. I would take Davy Moyes all day long on an 18-month contract 
to get us out of the mess for the rest of this season, six months, and then to put us back on a very strong footing next season, because that's what Davy has always done, and then maybe, maybe stick around while somebody else comes in to take David Moyes' work on to the next level, as we always say in football. Mm. I mean, my problem with Everton is we're talking all the time about, oh, new stadium, Bramley Moor Dock, it's going to be brilliant, it overlooks the Royal Blue Mersey. But they just keep sending us pictures of a stadium. I'd rather see pictures of Everton lifting trophies, <laughs> you know, and, and yeah, FA Cups and League Cups. And, and look at our season now. We've got Liverpool in the FA Cup in the third round. Our next component in the Carabao Cup, the League Cup, mm-hmm. Leicester City yeah. just beaten us last week. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's stuff... I mean, you just feel like throwing yourself into the middle of a volcano um, because that would be less. <laughs> You'd get some hits on YouTube, yeah, I guess. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I've been yeah. there before. Biggest one since the cinnamon <laughs> exactly. challenge. <laughs> yeah, that's right, yeah. So, yeah. so, so then, well, I mean, we sort of yeah. call. I sort of sort of see Everton competing for the Everton Cup, which is seventh, and I can't really see how they're ever going to get higher yeah. than that. But what are your aspirate? You know, what do you realistically think? They have spent a lot of money, Look, but realistically, you well, know, in, in, in where you're competing with what is the realistic expectation right, for a I've, realistic Everton I've fan? been an Everton fan now for believe it or not 60 years stop okay. it yeah so, 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 so you see you see <laughs> highs and lows and you see uh, you know um, dips you know I wanted yeah. lonely as a cloud over vales and hills and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff that's what we feel like we're doing at the moment <laughs> what I'm saying is the last time we got uh, pasted by Liverpool and they scored five goals was in 1982, mm-hmm. and three years later, we won the First Division title, and that was the start of our greatest, glorious period under Howard Kendall. So I do believe in miracles in turnarounds. I don't think it has to be a decade, okay. but you've got to have the right people there to do it. Howard Kendall was clearly the right man. I suppose. Please, God, God, please, bring us a reincarnated Howard Kendall <laughs> now. It's an interesting point you make, because I see Leicester is, Leicester is a better run club, but uh, but when Leicester was stuttering under Claude Puel, yeah. they, mm. they would play Everton, you'd sort of see two clubs in a similar sort of spot. Yes. So the, the point you make, because in my mind I sort of think, oh, it's going to take Everton years, but if yeah. you get the right coach, yes. they have got good players. Yes. And... You know, if you can make it work, I, I, I agree with you. It hasn't worked out with Silver, and, and he's no. and he's had an interesting career in 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 England, which is Hull not quite working out, Watford not quite working yeah. out. Yet his stock stays yeah. high. Yeah. Yeah. So Some there is a possibility like that, if you mate. get the right person. But look, I, I I totally agree with you. For instance, Tom Davis should now be a superstar. Tom Davis should be an you know, England regular. He should be a you know young England player coming through, supporter of Gareth Southgate and all that. Not given the opportunities, in my view. The other thing that I criticise Mr Silver for is his absolute lack of inspiration to his team. Have you ever watched Silver on the touchline during a football match? He never seems to get off the bench. He looks at the ground all the time, puts his hands in his pockets, walks around nodding his head, and he's after match interviews are so appallingly um, stulted. They're so appallingly (laughs) lacking in ambition, lacking in why we can do it instead of why we didn't do it. And the whole thing just leaves me cold because I want Everton, the blue of Everton and the white of Everton to explode like a bubble all over the world (laughs) once again to make us great glory hunters. Uh, 
Thank you thanks so much. Happens on Saturday, yeah. Chelsea. Thanks so much well, for coming in. Well, that's a 12.30 kickoff, isn't it? There'll be mm. another excuse there about what well, they got up too early. Didn't have enough <laughs> cornflakes, you uh, know? Okay. Wasn't working out. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. Comedian Alex Eaton in the studio. Um, what, was you happy with this competition or did we get make some mm. fundamental I, baseball-based mistra- mistakes? Well, what they'll have to do first is not pronounce it St. Louis. They'll have to call it St. Louis. <laughs> okay, that's my fault. <laughs> but, um, uh, but that's okay. I'm, you're, ta- you're talking to a guy who said uh, Leicester Square on his first week in town. <laughs> okay. Okay. I just wanted to make you feel better about that <laughs> yeah. Leicester moment that we talk about every day <laughs> here. Um, but that aside, that's a, that is St. Louis Cardinals, St. Louis Cardinals it's, playing the Chicago Cubs is the, the big one. Oh, I mean, that's a huge rivalry. The biggest rivalry in in, uh, in baseball is uh, is the Red Sox and the Yankees. But um, besides that, St. we Louis, had them this year. Oh, I mean, it, people who went from uh, from Boston talked about it endlessly. They they thought it was great. They had a really they had a uh, they had a blast. I thought it was um, I thought it was pretty cool that that they have. Um, that they have the kind of uh, bandwidth for baseball here uh, that allows people to, to to come. But every time football, American football, gets played uh, in London, people seem to go nuts for it. People seem to really uh, turn out to Wembley. And has has that stayed on that trajectory? Are people still yeah. really? Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and, and the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium yeah. as well. I mean, I find... I Can I just say something? Yeah. Alex, we're having a real problem. So far, you've used two sets of headphones <laughs> at the same time. Yeah. Now you've taken off another. You now don't I'm need like, them. I don't know. It's maybe, <laughs> you might don't be... need them. Okay, thank you. Sorry. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> I was like, it's maybe. disconcerting. I'm so loud as a general guy. As a guy, I'm so loud in general. <laughs> Do you moderate? Normally, you wear headphones just around town yeah. to moderate your volume. I was. I, I told a friend once that I was worried about uh, that in New York City, I feel like it's too loud and that I don't belong. And someone said, right, well, you don't belong because you're too loud. Right. You're so loud, that's how that's you're my louder than New York. Yeah, I'm louder I'm louder <laughs> than the Cavs. Also, I'm always screaming I'm walking here regardless of whether or not I'm walking. Yeah, that's a real always... New York expression. That I'm walking here. What I'm walking this? here. As if somebody's in between traffic and the so, thing pulls forward. So you're from Boston. I'm from Boston. I'm a huge Red Sox fan. I'm a huge fan of all things Boston. I root for the I root for the uh I root for the Red Sox. I root for the uh, Bruins. I root for the Celtics, and most controversially, I root for the New England Patriots. Mm-hmm. And I always have to explain to people that the uh, equivalent of the New England Patriots is the sporting equivalent of the New England Patriots. I guess over here would be the evil empire from Star Wars, because there's really no. It's like Manchester. It's like Manchester City on uh, on steroids. But because it's American football, they are all literally on steroids. <laughs> so, and Tom Brady, people absolutely hate Tom Brady. Unless, it's funny though, isn't it? Is it because uh, he's so successful that he's gone on so long, or is it he's got a sort of attitude about him and air about well, him? Well, I mean, like here's the thing about athletes who have the, have it incredibly good. Anyone who's a, like Tom Brady is what are the is the winningest quarterback in the history of the game. He's married to Giselle Bunchen, and I don't even know if he knows how to read. Like he's really, really good at this. He's only good at football and datings, apparently. So, and but you know, my friend Alfie Brown is a really funny comedian. Uh, he doesn't like Tom Brady, and he was like, he's weird because they did a documentary and they showed him at home, and people were like, oh, he's weird. He kisses his kids on the lips, and I was like, for the amount he wins, he can kiss my kids on the lips. I don't, I don't care as long as he keeps winning. But was but, he yeah. was he was he popular sort of beyond the pages when he wasn't. When he was younger, or when he wasn't oh, yeah. winning everything. When he was the young upstart, he won his first Super Bowl in 2001 against the heavily favored team, uh, the 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 Rams, the St. Louis Rams. Mm. No. And uh, and since mm. then, and, and since then, 
uh, he's become the... The Patriots have not been an underdog since 2001. So it's basically the team that is supposed to win keeps winning. And last year they were awful and they still won the Super Bowl. Like they played... They didn't play up to their normal standard. And this year they're not playing up to their normal standard. And they're 10-2, and two, which is which is unheard of. What happens when he retires? I mean, is it him or is it the coach, Belichick? I think it's the coach. Does it work that way at all in football? Are there any football... Uh, are there any like... real Your football, real football. Sorry. Are there any... Are there any football comparisons where it really doesn't matter the athletes it's the system is so undeniable because actually their offense the quarterbacking side has not been good this year it's their defense it's all the coaching that's been tremendous there aren't even any standout players just uh the patriots's motto is do your job so they have these guys who are not huge superstars mm-hmm. but they all fill their roles really well so the plays get executed is there a football equivalent it's a good question it's a good question, a good question. i mean they must be okay doesn't mm-hmm. they you know these there must be reasonably. I mean, Guardiola has a system that, of course, a lot of yeah, people have but copied. Natural now. talent, and he's taken is... it from club to club. But he also has the advantage of having the best talent. So sure, it's quite, quite Burnley, hard to tell. Burnley, maybe Burnley came seventh last year, and they don't have superstars, and they yeah. have a system. I, mm. I, my relationship to the Premier League is so is so is much more casual than it is to American sport, and I feel bad for my friend. Like I root for Liverpool because the, they're owned by the Boston sports team, mm-hmm. and um, and so I. I love them, but occasionally I'll watch Crystal Palace and I'll be like, I love how they have an eagle fly from one side to the other, and the and the coach looks a bit like an owl. So, like, I guess I'm more of a fan of ornithology than anything else. There isn't like, enough falconry in every, football. It's true. Everybody says how brilliant the recruiting at Liverpool is, the Moneyball thing. And yeah, are the Red Sox built on the same ideals? Hundred percent. Well, so Moneyball is an issue. Is a is a is a, is a um, System that is designed to get a pretty big bang for your buck, right? So you spend uh, you spend your money in, in in a really smart way and hope to get results. So what the Red Sox did is they took that Moneyball system and they added money to it. So like <laughs> instead of getting, they wanted to get bang for their buck, but they also spent freely and uh, and well and ended up with a huge payroll. But they really built them up into into a powerhouse, and I'm sure that that's what um, John and Tom. Uh, John Henry and Tom Warner are doing with Liverpool, which is um, spending money where it needs to be spent and, and spending it well. Because you, th- the problem with the Moneyball system is you actually have to spend money to win championships and 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 build and, and build your team. And I think they've totally revamped. They've gotten a new manager since they took over. Um, and like Kenny was very popular when they. No one was complaining about how how Kenny did when they bought Liverpool, but they've they've replaced him to great effect, and they've had such a they've they've had such results. So, so I mean, I'm really hoping. I'm hoping that they I'm hoping they win. How um how do <laughs> how do American football fans in America feel about their team coming to London to play a match because there was sort of uproar at the idea of a, an English, of a soccer game going to the states. I mean surely you're like you don't have that many games in a season, right? And Ow. suddenly you go, "Oh, on Saturday we're in London." That's a Oh hike. yeah, I mean look, I'm sure American teams aren't happy, but the global but you know the the world has become so small sporting-wise. People mm-hmm. are so interested in in American sports in in the UK, and people are so interested in um, Europeans, you know, in in like there's unprecedented interest now in soccer in the US. So so I think everyone understands that that the globe is getting is shrinking a bit. And baseball, you know, plays games in Japan sometimes and uh, Puerto Rico and but and there isn't Mexico like a City. fan uproar. There isn't an uproar going. How are you taking no. whoever the Browns or the Dolphins or the Jaguars? You know, well, also frankly, you guys get our worst. 
you get the worst teams that come over here. It's not like they're not... And we think they're great, right? Yeah, you guys are like, oh, the Jaguars, we can't get enough of them. And in, in America, people are like, I mean, yeah, go ahead, take take the Jaguars. We did, we did get the Red Sox and the Yankees. I mean, that was amazing. But, yeah. like, the Jaguars, if we had relegation in in, uh, in American football, they wouldn't even be a team anymore. They'd be playing in Macclesfield on Tuesday nights. Like, there's nothing... There's nothing meritorious about, about that. Uh, I, was, I was hoping that they would lose enough for the team to move to London. George Osborne was like, we're definitely getting the Jaguars. And eventually someone was like, you're not getting it. Stop promising this to people. Uh, you got a tour. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Alex, tell us all about it. Um, okay, so I'm a comedian, not just a, a, not just a sports genius. Um, uh, I'm, a, I'm a stand-up comic, and I'm doing my first uh, UK tour. Um, first tour. Uh, yeah, it's my first tour. I know you've done Edinburgh a lot. I've done you've Edinburgh done a bunch. I've won a couple yeah. of awards in Edinburgh, and and uh, but I've just never seen various parts of the UK. So I'm I'm psyched to go to. I'm going to to Sol. This the, the tour starts in Salford. Am I pronouncing that right? Salford, right? That's yeah. close yes! enough. Yeah. The tour starts in Salford end of January, ends in Guildford March nineteenth, and in between, I think there are like twenty eight dates, sort of like a week in London, and um, it's Guildford. What? Guile for No, you're full of crap. <laughs> you're, you're lying to me. You're lying to me. I know. I know when I'm having my leg pulled. But um, but there's a week. There's a week here in London. Uh, and the the show's good. The show is qu- sadly topical. It's about anti-Semitism. I went to a meeting of Nazis okay. in New York, and I'm an Orthodox Jew, so it was a bit spicy. And then eventually, someone went, "Hey, uh, are you a Jew?" And I said, <laughs> I, "I confirmed." And uh, and then um. They were they were unhappy. Okay. So uh, we had a chat, and I left, and then a couple weeks later, I wrote a show about it, and it's won a couple of awards, and it's like the best reviewed Edinburgh show in like uh, in a bunch of years. So so I'm really uh, I'm really pleased by it, and uh, I keep coming back here for some reason. I did live at the Apollo a couple weeks ago, and that was that was good fun. Like this place is this this country is great. So I'm pretty psyched to to see a bit more of it because okay. I've been to like you're, uh, you're actually in. You mentioned Leicester before, and the yes. Monday the tenth, you're in Leicester. So I'm very. Are you going to say hello, Leicester? Hello, Leicester. <laughs> All the Thank shots so are playing Crawley, Dorking, Stockton, Basingstoke, and Maidenhead. Yes. What do you know about? Um. Okay. So places. Basingstoke, I know. I did a show once in Basingstoke, and the guy said. This is the lar- This guy stopped outside a random office tower and said, "This is the largest building between London and New York." <laughs> and I was like, "All right, man. You know, there's no. I don't know. There's a ton of competition." But you're here. But to, you're here to learn about Dorking. I'm. I'm. Every time I say I'm psyched to go to any of the places that aren't Edinburgh or London or Glasgow, people laugh in my face. But I am psyched to go to these places. It's pretty cool. I've never been to Bristol. Yeah. I've never been Bristol to... Bristol considered the finest place in the country to live, the finest town. Is people that right? Who, yeah, people who oh, live okay. in Bristol say they're the happiest and it's the best place to live. I mean, it's I'm going to Brighton. It's pretty cool. I've been there a couple of times, done the... done. You know, I've done some support slots for folks in various in various places, but I, I mean, I, I'm, real, I'm really thrilled. I'm, I'm psyched to, uh, to get to see a part... I love London, but I'm also thrilled to see a part of the country that's not London because uh, every time I go somewhere else, I'm like, well... It, this is a part of the UK I've never uh, experienced, and like, and frankly, just like, just like gigging. So uh, to do this show, which is which is one I'm pretty proud of, um, you know, one time around the UK before before uh, I film it for for a special, uh, it'll it'll be. It'll it'll be pretty cool for me. And five nights in London, eleventh to the sixteenth. Yes, eleventh right? to the sixteenth at the Vaults Festival, and it's gonna. I think it's gonna be. 
It's going to be a good time. You know, it did a couple of uh, of runs here in 2018, and then I had to write on a TV show, so I went away for a bit, and we pushed this tour. But, but you know, I'm I'm thrilled. I can't believe that people are and people are buying tickets, and some of the dates are almost sold out. And I can't believe that people are are, are coming to the to the thing. But uh, I've been here for about two weeks writing a Radio Four series that comes out in February, and I've been, um, and it's just it's just nice to be back. It's just nice to be back. You guys have some new digs. The top yeah, of the shard. Yeah. Nice, the weather it? is awful. The weather is the worst here. <laughs> Why? Why is it like this? And like the and I I love the I love the people. Like I love the level of pettiness that British people have. I love the you guys bankrupted Jamie Oliver because he tried to um, get you to eat better. But like and and there's that spirit that I just miss a lot. But uh, it's yeah, it's been a minute since it's been a minute since since I was back here for an extended period of time. So I'm psyched to be here for two and a half months. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talksport. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. Good afternoon, everybody. You're listening to the world's biggest sports radio station. It is Talk Sports. Mm. Max rushed in for Paul Hawksby today. Don't worry, everyone. Paul is back tomorrow. And it's that time of the show where we all get to sit back and go, Andy. Well, I'm going to have brought in some vignettes yeah, well, myself. But obviously, Andy's vignettes. the real star of this. I'm the sort of, I'm the straight man to, you know, this. <laughs> Ten minutes. Two of, straight minutes. This, this is ten minutes of observational humour from Andy Jacobs. He's been working. <laughs> Never he's been to live up to that. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, let me tell. Let me tell you. You won't believe what Andy Jacobs has got for you in the next ten minutes. It's going to be extraordinary. Stop the car wherever you are. Put the hazards on. Pull up the handbrake. And here away we go. Not Torgan and Eden. <laughs> They've got your car. I've got the hazards on. Very good. Anyway, uh, <laughs> not that wasn't it. Liverpool's four 0 Champions League win over. Bar- 
Barcelona mm -hmm. was the most popular video on YouTube for the UK users in 2019, which I suppose is not surprising. 9.8 million views. Right. A second, though, was... was it Charlie Bit My Finger again? Or no, what? and it wasn't Grumpy Cat or any of those oh, things. Grumpy Cat, yes. It was Makeup and Beauty YouTube personality James Charles All right. with his No More Lies video, a response to fellow YouTuber Tatty Westbrook. And oh. that was the one I watched. What was Tatty saying? I have no idea. What is Tatty Westbrook? <laughs> She's just signed for West Brom, Tatty Westbrook. Like, the church in Mexico has unveiled what it claims to be the largest... Football song named Tatty Westbrook. It is, isn't it? Yeah. It's one of those, yeah. Tatty Westbrook, what a... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Tatty, if you're listening. It does, it really scans to every possible song. A church in Mexico has unveiled what it claims to be the largest baby Jesus statue in the world. As social media users were quick to observe, it is the spitting image of the singer Phil Collins. Is it? The, oh, yes. Have I've you seen, seen this? this? Yes. The Reverend Umberto Rodriguez said, uh, mm. also quite a good footballer name, uh, has <laughs> said, uh, if I was called Umberto Rodriguez, I'd be a manager in the Premier League right now, said Sam. Everton. Uh, uh, <laughs> he just wanted a statue. Why Sam Allardyce change his name to Umberto Rodriguez? <laughs> he would. And if he brought along Not with him, like. if Big Sam brought along with him a 26-foot six uh, <laughs> statue of Jesus, the like Phil Collins, I'd give him the job. He People said, "People complaining about Umberto's style of play." Umberto's got to go. I'll tell you what, Adrian. Before Rodriguez came to this club, we were going places. What's he got, Rodrigo? Just a massive statue well, we of might Jesus. Be eighth, but it's not good enough. Anyway, there is Andy a picture of Umberto Rodriguez's statue of Jesus. And what do you think? It is an absolute spit of Phil it Collins. Is absolutely, Phil Collins. So, in a few completely. years' time, on mm. eBay, there will be a twenty-one foot statue of. Mm. Uh, Phil Collins in a nappy. So, uh, if you'd like to buy it, <laughs> get in touch with Umberto before he takes the Everton job. Well, I agree. Okay, what have you got, Andy? Yes, there's an interview with uh, Gemma Collins today in The Sun, and uh, oh, right. she's been talking about how she's been taken to stockpiling cheese and other treats in the back of her car to right. stop her eating them. Okay. And, uh, what happens when she's in her car? <laughs> She, they're probably in the boot. Okay. And unless she gets the hazards out, not there, not eating and talking. <laughs> Here we to go. The cheese. Anyway, the, the journalist, he writes this, he says, Gemma told me in August how she'd used weight loss injections, but has now switched her focus to exercising. Well, I think to myself as a journalist, did you, was there any point during this interview do you think, where did my life go wrong? Speaking to Gemma Collins about stashing cheese in the back of her car. There were times in the Soccerette glory years. I, I wasn't a massive fan of the Soccerette part, to be honest. I wasn't quite laddie enough. And there oh, are occasional yeah. times when I was thinking in my head, I used to be an investigative journalist, and this is now, <laughs> this is how I'm now paying the mortgage. Um, but I still had a, a lovely time. I mean, with the trouble with keeping cheese in the car, it's fine at this mm. time of year. But yeah. around, you know, yeah, around Gemma, June, work in the June, July, August, in the back mm. of your Fiesta, especially if you're in a hatchback. I don't know what Collins is driving, but there's no, if there's no sort of... It's a know, Nissan Micro, I believe. Because obviously in like a Bentley, if the boot is a totally separate compartment, <laughs> it's not be all right. But otherwise, a strong, she, she probably, a strong Stilton coming she, through the back of a Ford Orion. <laughs> quite disappointing, wouldn't it? Uh, here's a story that reminded oh, yeah. me of you, yeah. Andy. Um... <laughs> Uh, a Japanese pensioner has been arrested after he called a telecoms firm 24,000 times to complain about his contract. <laughs> 
Akatoshi Okamoto, 71. Oh, my cousin. Exactly. Was taken into custody after making thousands of free calls over eight days to KDDI. He demanded that KDDI Didn't staff... Did he fight Logan Paul in that fight recently? <laughs> he did, yeah. He's also the new Everton assistant manager. Um, With Umberto. <laughs> Umberto Rodriguez and his statue of Phil Collins. Uh, look, he, came to, he, he demanded they apologise for violating his contract. Yeah. He also repeatedly hung up his calls immediately after placing them. 24 thousand times that is that's a third of the amount of tweets i've sent in my life so i can't accuse uh mr okamato honestly that is the stat of the day it's for me. shameful isn't it it is I? what a waste of time what a waste of time. you should have put them in a book i've got a thing about entitled football fans okay it drives me mad. wow that could be quite long not really uh it's basically concerning Real Madrid, but this is Atletico okay. Madrid. Mm-hmm. And they're set to be punished after their supporters verbally abused Antoine Griezmann. And he returned to the Wanda Metropolitano for the first time since joining Barcelona this summer. And the fans were chanting, Die Griezmann every time he touched the ball. Not that perhaps they thought he was Welsh. But, you know, it's not right that, because if you no. think about Griezmann, he did a good job for Atletico. They won trophies while he was there. Mm-hmm. And when he left, at a pretty good point, after spending at least another year that he needed to, they got $104 million for him and they were able to buy Jao Felix. So where do you get off, Atletico fans? Not that I should care about this whatsoever, of, of doing that to him. It's wrong, isn't it? Well, Atletico fans like Felix, like Felix, and they don't, and they don't like Griezmann. But you're but totally right. But I mean, but look, I listen. don't see the point of that. It's completely ungrateful and completely unnecessary. It's much better to welcome back players mm. that have left your club. Mm. You know. Yeah. Do you do that? Yes, I did last night. Did in you? fact, do you welcome JT back? Say we love you, JT. Very much. Did you? Of course, I did. Good for you. Eh? I would do. So did everybody else in in the stadium. Well, well, they, they? well Chelsea fans are the nicest fans. About that. Jose uh, in the G two section today. Uh, Jose can't use an iron. Uh, Jose famously brought style to the Premier League. Every man should have a white shirt in his wardrobe. He once proclaimed. Sooner or later, you'll need it. Um, uh, however, he said, um, I. I I would have to iron. I don't know how to iron, he says, when he was living in his hotel. They would iron it for you. So they've got a thing on how to iron shirts. Would you like to know? I would, because uh, to be honest, I'm not a great ironer myself. No. Oh, it's, it's very humble of you, Andy. It's very rare that we hear your flaws. So uh, uh, there is one. <laughs> <laughs> Always start with the collar. Paul displays my flaws every day. <laughs> <laughs> Lindsay Crombie, a.k.a. Queen of Clean, answers some pressing questions. Always start oh, with the collar, like start in the middle, and work your way out, because if you iron straight across it, you will can get lumps and bumps in it. I don't use starch. These days you don't need to, as lots of shirts have collar stiffness in them. I don't uh, like that and I don't like starch either. You don't well, like a starch. There you shirt. go. No potatoes for you. Uh, next, uh, <laughs> do the yoke, uh, the part across the upper back and shoulder, then the sleeves, cuffs and main body. As soon as you've ironed it, get it on a hanger. <laughs> okay, I there will. you go. I'll do my best. Now, the Chris Evans show on breakfast, on Virgin Breakfast, yeah. has some wonderful yeah. guests. Great so, show. It's a great show and he has some wonderful guests. He does, that don't come in even though we're only five yards away, <laughs> but it's all right. And one this morning d- didn't come in. I'm really surprised about this. He had Gary Neville on. Oh, Gary so, didn't come in to... Yeah. No, I don't think he did. Did he come in, John? 
I was on with Jim. I you beg go. your pardon. Okay. I Shows which ones in, you listen to. No, I do listen to Jim. I was in there half an hour. I'm having a shower, but I was in transit. <laughs> in the shower? Do you have a Do you have a Do you have a radio in your shower? To I have to a Jim radio. I do very much. So you're there. You're naked with a lather on <laughs> while Jim is going Roland de Chatelet, <laughs> and then you so. see you. Yeah, that's when you do your armpits. Well, if Jim could see me while he was broadcasting, that would definitely put him right I, off. Well, we could always make a well, YouTube channel. I'm glad channel. Gary came in, because otherwise it would have been such a waste of time of him being here. Um, well, no, not really. He Do you want some space news? Yeah. Yes. There we go. If, because sometimes I think we get a bit carried away with the <clears> importance <throat> of the human race. It's important to know that we are just a tiny little speck of dust <laughs> uh, pootling around <laughs> and we'll all be meaningless in a few hundred years. Evidence of a giant planet... <laughs> about ten years <laughs> sooner, I'd say. Evidence of a giant planet orbiting mm. a dead white dwarf star has oh, been yeah. found for the first time, Andy. The, the Neptune-like planet is thought to be more than four times the size of Earth-sized of the Earth-sized white dwarf. Astronomers at Warwick and Chile spotted gas in its evaporating atmosphere. That's so a bit of a go. sort of diverse group. Well, they, no, they, in, they are the. Are they the, working together. The, the University of Warwick and the University of they are. Santiago. But the white dwarf star is. It's going to be the next sort of Chinese super. They're putting a lot of money in, and some, you know, like the next Oscar and uh, you know Rafa will. They'll eventually go for the money. Uh, you know, they're not going for the culture. They're just they're taking all the money to go for the uh, the WD League, the White Dwarf Star mm. League. Mm. Now, uh, Camilla Cabello. Hello, uh, Camilla. Uh, refuses to call boyfriend Sean Mendes by his name. I don't know who either of these two people <laughs> Is are. Is Sean Mendes some sort of rapper? I'm looking at the... <laughs> he may well see, be. The singer revealed star, right. she doesn't say it to avoid adding to the pop culture circus. What? I don't call him Sean Mendes, you know. Why not? It's his name. I call him pet names that I'm not going to say in this interview, but I feel like when I say his name, it's just contributing to the pop culture oh, circus. Do you have a pet name for Mrs. Jacobs? <laughs> uh, Honey? Honey bun? Darling. Schnuckles? Darling. You I go think. darling, do you? We both call each other darling. Okay. I don't think we've referred to each other by our names for about 45 years. Which <laughs> <laughs> okay. is a bit odd, but that's no, the way no, that's okay. If I, I, if I do call her by her name, she, she sort of looks at me askance. Oh, is that when you tell her off? Sue? <laughs> that's about What it. are you doing? <laughs> that's very That's true. not where my dinner goes. <laughs> not like that. I'm uh, a... <laughs> uh, my wife and I, we're, in, we're a different generation. It's sort of baby both ways. Mm. <laughs> we just, we just, Baby. That's not what I order in a Michelin star restaurant. I'd like to point out. <laughs> Max has called baby both ways. No, that's uh, yes. I would. Uh, that's what she calls me. That's what I call her. Well, that's nice. Hi, baby, or babe. But uh, you're uh, with uh, darling. Are you? I, I am. Think that's yes. a generational thing. Well, it probably is. Really, mm. yeah. Why don't you try honey bun tonight? Honey again? bun. Yeah. <laughs> as you come in the door, she uh, think I've gone mad. Right, honey bun. <laughs> But Give I, it a go. I, I, she might find me attractive as I'm wearing my new bird's eye aftershave. Oh, what? What, a fish finger-based aftershave? <laughs> Basically, yes. Crikey. Scent of the sea. Yeah. Ahoy! <laughs> <laughs> it's, what, it's what it's called. Stop it! Inspired by the company's bearded mascot. All right. Captain Birdseye. I mean, he doesn't Not look the, the plumber, most... Captain Birdseye. I mean, he doesn't look the most hygienic, does he? Well, I think they changed him. I think the old bird's eye kept him. He had a bit of a pong, did he? But well, this I don't one. know about that, but he was a bit on the Ken Bates side, whereas the new one's more George Clooney. Is Ken Bates smelly? Are we... No, I'm not saying that, no, but he was okay. more, you know, had that look about yeah, him. okay. Whereas, you know, the new one is played by Italian actor Riccardo Eserbi. Yeah. He's sort of much more in the Clooney envelope. Right, okay. So you can smell like a cod fillet. 
Okay. Basically, All they're right. not really. F- only 50 bottles of the Eau de Toilette have been created by perfumers to give 50 away. too many, I would say. <laughs> Possibly. It's inspired by the hypnotic and evocative power of the high seas. This aromatic scent is reminiscent of a fresh ocean breeze. <laughs> No fish so you too can get seasick at home. Bursting with top notes. <laughs> really? Of zingy grapefruit. Bursting with pilchard. <laughs> Sweet mandarin and intoxicating patchouli. Who's <laughs> your tea playful? I'm not here. we go. <laughs> anyway. That sound like a play. A sharp and energising burst with every spritz. So there you go. That is like a living hell. Uh, oh, somebody on, on social media did say, oh, the fish and fingers mash and peas in a sort of white. Limited way. <laughs> that is the most basic, yeah. basic pun. We've got to move on, says the producer, a man always in control. <laughs> Ode of fish and fingers. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on Talk Sport. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, 